You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always are my good friends, Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And we are glad to have you back. Oh, well, I did have a little off time to uh, attend a high school uh, uh, graduation, which was a lot of fun. There you go. Was it your high school graduation? I thought you got out of high school already. <laughs> well, did? it took me a few times to you know, get my GED. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people take seven years to get out of school. I get it. Yeah, he, yeah. he's on the long-term program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a freshman with a full beard, you know, I don't know. The kids used to make fun of me. All right, all right. Well, we uh, we did have you back. We had some special guests on last time. We were uh, really excited that they were able to join us, but uh, it is good to have you back. Uh, but before we get started, let's uh, have a word from our sponsors. Three D Aerovictures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A-Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the A-Team. A-Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. Welcome back to the Park Fire Podcast. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, always talk about giving us a call, and we've actually had a couple of of phone calls in this last couple of weeks or so. But if you're interested in giving us some topics or, or maybe, you know, giving us a critique, uh, we want to be on the show. We would put you on the show. We could, we can, uh, 830-444-4943. Uh, and, uh, we'd love to put you on the show as long as we have a good topic around it. Um, you know, that we can discuss. Yeah. We're not talking about your grandma unless she's flying an RC plane <laughs> and it's it her first time. Interesting. Then we would. That's funny. Well, we uh, we are glad to have you back, and uh, you were gone for a little while and uh, and made your rounds and uh, came back, and then the first thing you did was uh, head to the field, right? I did. I, did. I was back for maybe a day or two, and then uh, my good buddy Jim gave me a call and said, hey, man, I got to go flying. I, I got the itch. <laughs> he had so much fun the last time when uh, Scott and I went out with him that uh, he wanted to get, get back out there and try it again, and, yeah. and unfortunately... He he has some minor surgery you know, that he has to do, so he was trying to get out before he had his little minor surgery stuff. So he was just kind of gung ho to get out to the field. So right, right. What did he uh, What did he wind up bringing? Uh, let me think about that for a second. So it was very similar to the first time. So he brought out a uh, profile plane, uh, a gasser, or uh, you know, uh, it, it wasn't a gasser, nitro. It, it was a nitro. It was a nitro plane. Um, he brought out uh, one of his uh, free wing um, or motion RC uh, little EDFs that he has. He has a F9F, oh, I think, I do yeah, believe. A Just a little. I think it's a Panther. Yeah, he has a Panther. Yeah. Yeah. A little 60 millimeter, I do believe it is. You know, I, some set, 50, our, I helped him set that one up, didn't I? You did. You oh, did. Okay. All right. I know. What so he brought, that, he brought that out. He brought out the, uh, he brought out a glider. He brought out the, um, 
the Phoenix 2000. He has oh, one of those. Right. Um, and I think I'm forgetting a plane. He had another plane that he brought out. But uh, he brings yeah, Zaggy come... out? Normally he brings a Zaggy. He did bring it. Thank you very much. That's exactly what he brought. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even there. I know, but that's what he brought out. He brought out a Zaggy. <laughs> so, so that was the full complement of what he brought out that day. Perfect. So uh, what would you fly first? Uh, well, the, uh, you know, of course, to start everything off, uh, he brought out uh, the Zaggy to warm up his fingers with. And um, we did have a, a, a not problems with it last time, but it, it it did take a little trimming. Something weird about those Zaggies, most wings, right? If you don't fly them for a while, whether it's like a month or so, it's like the trim just kind of goes out of it. They, it goes out of trim for whatever weird reason that is. But hmm. unfortunately, the Zaggy flew perfect from the last time that we flew it. So there was really no trimming and we had no mishaps. Got that up in the air pretty quick. The day we went out, um, I had just the day or two before I went out to the field, I went ahead and mowed it and got it all prepped. Um, and I was afraid, you know, we'd been getting a lot of storms. It's been r- rather rainy down here. I guess we're in the rainy season for Texas. So, uh, I was afraid that the field would just be, you know, totally sopped and it would be unusable, but luckily it had dried out between that morning, uh, to when we got out there, it dried up enough that we were out there that a, it wasn't dusty. So it was re- rather nice. And that it wasn't so wet, nor it was kind of semi cloudy that it didn't get humid. And if, if you didn't notice summer's here, so right. you, know, you can go out, you know, if you get out there too late in the afternoon, it's already getting pretty sweltering. So yeah. it turned out to be a perfect day. There was like really no wind, no nothing. So it was perfect for maidening a couple of the planes that Jim brought out. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, uh, like I said, we got out there, we got the zaggy up, no problems, flew it around, gliding it around, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. And then, um, we went ahead and landed. Um, I had brought back my mini ultra stick that I brought out the last time. And of course, upon landing it, I had broke the prop. So this time I had uh, made my, my corrections to it. The, uh, what do you call it? The collet, not the collet, but the, um, the prop adapter was slightly bent, just ever so slightly bent. So I went ahead and I ordered a couple of those and they came in in time and I was able to swap it out and it flies much, much better. So uh, but I still the, slip, have... the slip on colets is what you're calling it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so, so you j- lift on the shaft and then you spin the nut down and it clamps on the shaft. It right? clamps it on there, right. And that and the, so, the part that you spin the nut on was bent? The, sha- the actual shaft of that collet was bent, just ever so slightly got bent. So, it would, okay, so when you rev it up, it would go wah. Bend. It would just kind of give a slight yeah. wobble. It, it gotcha. flew, but you could just definitely tell that something was off. Okay. Um, so uh, got that thing up and, and started flying it. Um, it did fly. It flew fine. Um, once again, I'm definitely going to have to replace that uh, motor. The prop I have for the motor should be for it, but it seemed like it was struggling a little bit. And two, it came down rather hot. So that I, I haven't put it on, on my watt meter to, to double check it, but everything that I read and all the stats for it, Mm-hmm. said that the prop I had on there should be able to handle. So what I think it is, because remember I told you that was the one that sliced my finger open? Yep. You know, yep. when I held my finger up before, it showed, kind of cut me. Right. Um, so although, you know, once again, to start my motor, I have to uh, kind of jump start it, right? I have to kick it, you know, or hit it with my finger, and then hit the throttle to get it started. And once it's slowly, once it's going slow enough, I can hold it in my hand or I have somebody else hold it and launch it for me. Once I go to the full throttle, it flies fine. 
Um, and as long as I'm flying it, I can shut the I can shut the motor off, let it glide because the you know the motor's still turning enough that it'll start properly. Um, so whatever's wrong with the motor, or if there's uh, you know in a three phase wire, if something's slightly you know broken or whatever, it's causing enough resistance that the motor gets rather hot. So uh, I think I'm gonna, you know, my next project is I'm gonna, probably gonna replace that motor. I'm gonna look around at what motors I have here, and I'll probably replace it. I think yeah, it's just unwind it and rewind it. <sighs> I've done that. It's not as hard. I know, I know, I know you have. I know you have. And those I motors just, are amazing. And you know what? I, I'm all for trying different things for planes, but for some reason, doing that tedious thing for rewinding a motor. I just have no interest. So maybe I'll send it to you and then, or the next time I see you, I'll, I'll yeah. give you the motor and you can knock yourself out. There you go. I'd be so. interested to see, you should put it on your watt meter and take some notes. And then if we actually did rewind it, it'd be interesting to see what it comes back. Oh, in. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Uh, Cause but, I, you uh, know, I, I rewound those little one blue wonder motors from the blue uh, wonder motors. Right. And uh, I was shocked. Actually, Jay was pretty shocked when we flew the, the ones that yeah. I rewound yep. because they were, man, they were so much more efficient because they weren't like you know all over the place they were tight, <laughs> well, don't forget they're tight. they had the motors that you got were made by five-year-olds you know hey, don't be little like chinese five-year-old kids just winding those things they you know uh i don't know if it was five it was terrible. somebody over there wasn't really wasn't really caring whether they, was they didn't have a lot of qc on those motors i mean quite literally you'd see the windings were just all met you know but hey I mean, we only paid for five dollars yeah i know so, yeah, so. I mean, back then that was that was the bomb, and we had to wait like eight and a half weeks for them. But yeah, I would order a hundred dollars at a time, man. I'd get like <laughs> ten motors in, or I guess it'd be you know. But they back. worked; they they did their job, so they know. did. And uh, if you crashed them and they broke, then you just threw it away. Or uh, first I was throwing it away, but then I found out I could rewind them, and that was so much better. So I yep. did do that. I still have a whole uh, box full of windings and a couple of those that have stood the test of time. I mean, it's the Y windings were really kind of good. And I learned a lot when I did it, I did it with multicolor wiring. So it's got like a red, a gold and a green. And it was really nice. I, it was very efficient. I could not believe it. I I'd have probably at least another minute or two worth of flight time out of it. So, well, then again, you didn't have a guy beating you going, you, you know what you took five minutes to find that you know, faster, faster, faster. So, you know, you could take your time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so anyway, the how did the normally when you go out there, he's got multiple radios for these airplanes. Um, no, he uh, uh, I I still have his um, uh, his uh, oh, what, the, what the heck is that? Uh, Futaba or no, no, no. He he has his Futaba radio that he's able to swap out his modules. But um, uh, AK Mike, what's the radio that you have? Oh, the Tyrannus. The Tyrannus, right. So I have his Tyrannus. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, um, with I have it. to read, I'm just uploading the firmware to it. But, um, so he has a few planes on that, but, um, he does most of his stuff on a Futaba that he's able to swap out the modules, you know, so he swaps between uh, Spectrum and, you know, Futaba and whatever, depending on what, how he, how he has it set up. Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, did you guys fly the Panther? Obviously, he brought it out there. Yeah, yo, yeah. So that was after we he kind of got warmed up on that. Um, we went ahead and we we went to go fly the Panther, and so once again, it was one of those things. And this is where I have to say, gentlemen, I love talking radios because 
you know, we got the Panther out. He, so he's sitting there looking at it. And, you know, so then it was the flipping the switches, trying to figure out everything that the Panther does. And if you remember, the Panther also has a, um, a gyro in it. it does. So then we're trying to figure out what switch clicks on the gyro, you know, high rates, low rates. What were some of the other things we might have had on, you know, in the radio? So it was one of those things we took five or 10 minutes just figuring everything out, looking at where the CG spots were, you know, not that there's a lot of room in there for that stuff, but, you know, it was just one of those things of carefully re-going through the radio. And then Jim also brought another radio that we could hook up to do buddy box with as well. Oh, very so, nice. So uh, we were going to buddy box uh, with that particular plane because we've had issues with it. So he just wanted to make sure, you know. Uh, like a buddy box with them. You had issues since the last time I flew? No, 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 no. Just, just Jim doesn't feel very comfortable with that particular plane because it's the only EDF that he has. Right. I was going to say and this so, is. Is it his first EDF or it's just his the first one? Oh, his first. It's, a, it's his first one. And it is a little bit smaller. It doesn't. It's have a, yeah, right. It's, it's smaller. It's it's a little squirrelier. You know, it it, I, it does have. I'm not saying it has major issues. It just has some quirks. That's the word I'm, I'm looking for. The words. Well, a, it's a park flyer. B, it's got a gyro in it. So when I flew it, I didn't find it had any quirks. Right. You you would you wouldn't. But like I said, for for Jim, he you know you know for for our type of flying, he, we found there was a little you know some. Didn't, some didn't we put a uh, a mix in there somewhere too? I thought we had some sort of a mix because it doesn't have a rudder, right? No, no rudder. Okay, so then we I don't know if we did put a mix in there or not. Sometimes if we have a rudder, we'll, you know, I'll mix rudder, aileron, that kind of thing for the EDFs for guys that if it's their first one. But, um, but I, yeah, I don't remember that one having a rudder. It was just a yank and bank. Yank and bank. So, and then, uh, so how did he do? Uh, well, I, I went ahead. We launched it, uh, basically turned the gyro off, launched it, um, got it flying. And then, um, was he fly, was he flying it when um, was he flying the, the at first or did he? No, I I went ahead and I flew the plane first. Oh, so you had control over it, and then uh, you were on the buddy box, so you were able to control it. And then when you got it all set up, you were able. Right. To then I flipped. I I would flip a switch, and then he would have control. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, and he hasn't flown in quite some time, I think. So it's to the point. I think he probably would feel more comfortable with you on the body box. And allow, you know, that way you could kind of do, you know, kind of back him up, I guess. Yes. So, and then, um, you know, Jay and I talked about this earlier because he called me right after he was leaving the field and uh, was telling me a little bit about, uh, you know, Jim and him getting the airplane set up. And and uh, I was really happy to hear because a lot of the times when I flew with Jim, when I was down there, we didn't have a buddy box. We were passing the radio back and forth. So I would fly and then I'd say, okay. You ready? Here you go. And I'd give it to him. Um, so it's good that, you know, he actually has something that, that can, he can feel comfortable with knowing that he can push it as far as he can. And you still have the ability to kind of take control if you, you know, when, when something goes wrong. So, yeah. And, and it worked out, it worked out fairly well. I mean, because, you know, Jim, like you said, it's been a long time since he flew this thing. I mean, well over a year yeah. since he flew it from the last time yeah. you were down and flew with him was the last time that he flew it. Right. So, you know, once again, the difference between flying a prop to going to an EDF and managing your energy and, you know, being that it's a smaller EDF. And luckily, while we were flying, the wind wasn't gusting or anything. It was pretty much a a pretty still morning. But the wind did come up a little bit, 
you know, so once again, that was playing into it as for how the plane was acting. Now, one of the first things was after I figured out how the gyro, how the gyro worked was that, (laughs) and then I trusted the gyro, right? Right. Once again, I didn't know what I was doing. So after, after I kind of figured that all out and got it flying well, then I was able to. Now, didn't didn't you say that you guys were trying to, you had the, you were putting like the CG stuff on it, right? So you had the airplane upside down and you guys were trying to, um, you know, measure the CG. Well, with the airplane upside down, when you plugged it in, that the gyro sees itself as being upside down. So I thought you were telling me that it took you a couple of times of actually moving the battery, plugging it in. Something didn't seem right. Control services weren't working the way they should. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, we're arming this thing upside down. Well, it wasn't so much that we were arming it upside down. Remember, this thing doesn't have landing gear, right? It's, right. It just sits. It just sits on the fuselage. Right. So it's kind of sitting at an angle, you know. Sit, you know, sits on the table. Yeah, yeah. It'll be sitting like this. So at first, when we're plugging it in and we're doing all our stuff, it's at an angle, and then we straighten it up from that to this. You know, now it's horizontal, and now the controls surfaces seem to be off. And I'm just like, what? Why is uh, it doing right, that? Right. Okay. You know, and then and then it dawned on me. Oh, you have to initialize it flat and level right in order for it to initialize correctly or else you'll have problems you know so, i i have to say that i've seen just lately actually because the gyros have come out in almost you know most of the airplanes especially with the you know horizon doing their safe and and the asx3 and and the, the eagle trees all these little gyros come out and uh, i've seen several guys at the field that actually arm theirs you know holding it up they arm it and I'm like, hey, you know that gyro, that gyro's thinking that it's level, right? This is going to be a crazy uh, flight. And that's one of the things about the demon that uh, when you plug it in, the control surfaces uh, actually they, like they do that. They do, yeah, move. they do. They they move twice, and then you know it's been initialized. If you move the airplane prior to it doing that, it just won't. The gyro will go into a safe mode, and you won't have a gyro. Right. And I knew I, I was flying uh, my L thirty nine one time, and I did that. I plugged it in, and you know, picked it up, and I didn't think about it. I set it down there, flew the whole flight, and I was like, "Gosh, this is a little." I mean, it flew fine. I got it on the ground; everything was fine. But, and but you didn't have the gyro on at all. It never initialized. No. <laughs> so I was kind of like, "There's something a little odd about this airplane." I mean, it flew fine, but it just wasn't as quite as tight as what I am normally used to. And then we got on the ground. I realized when I opened the hatch to disconnect the battery, the you know the light was yellow, and I'm like, oh, I didn't ever energize. I never got the gyro to initialize. So well, he has a lemon receiver in there, and of course, it's, mm. it's not on the same quality as a uh, yeah as the demon as a but... demon. So it pretty much it'll initialize with you holding it straight down at the ground as you're trying to put the battery together with yeah, the dangling, true. you know, or you might be spinning as you're doing it. <laughs> the light will come on. Now right. it thinks that straight down is level, so yeah. you know you figure that out. But uh, no, it, it it after we got everything figured out and uh, I got some minor trimming done with the plane, mm-hmm. it flew fine. Um, it still needed some more trimming um, in the sense of uh, it kept climbing a little bit, and I think that might have had to do with the CG with you know the battery where we need to put the battery mm-hmm. and maybe some other stuff of with the. Uh, just just doing some more trimming just to get it it was nothing you couldn't overcome with your fingers okay right it just needed some more trimming so but anyway for the most part it was flying fairly well hands off and it and it flew fine 
Uh, in fact, for the landings, pretty much once you lined it up with, you know, got it on the center line, lined it up, all you had to do is just let go and just man- manage the throttle to bring it down to the ground. And for Jim, that that seemed to be not a problem. It just was a different way of thinking, right? Because with a prop plane, you know, you could cut the throttle. If you need to come down, you cut the throttle, the plane comes down. And, you know, the same thing happens with an EDF. You cut the throttle, it comes down, and then all of a sudden you go, ooh, I need a little bit. The wind just picked up five knots. I need, I need just a little, I need a little bit more throttle. And if you cut the throttle all the way, it, by the time it spools back up to give you that power to clear the weeds to get to the field, you know, it just isn't there. So there's a lot more throttle, moving the throttle and throttle management. So Jim was having a little, a little bit of a problem just, you know, getting that coordination, you know, because once again, it's just something, it's it, not to say it's totally apples and oranges. It's just a different way of thinking how you're flying. So, you know, uh, it's kind of like what you used to say to me with some, some of the times when I was flying is, you know, hey, don't get behind the aircraft. Right. You know, because you just had to think about your landing sequence. OK, you know, OK, I need to be at this height. Then, you know, OK, once I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at that height, then all I have to do is I can just manage my throttle. I can still keep some of the, you know, still keep the engine running and just slowly back off on the throttle as I'm coming, you know, on my glide slope down to the ground. Once I commit, then I can go ahead and cut the throttle. You know, I'm going to make the field right. and I have a good place to land. And it was just one of those things that, like I said, the wind picked up, and so now it was gusting a little bit, so it was blowing him around. So he was trying to correct for being blown around. He would either, you know, climb a little bit too high, then he'd cut the throttle, and then he's trying to come down. And um, it it was, since there's such a small elevator, it, you know, it was great for going up, but for whatever reason, it didn't like to come down. So I'm like, push you know, push it down, Jim, push it down, push it down, push it down. If you're going to, right. you know, bring it down, you can, you, you can still make it. And so he would push down like would on like his profile plane would bring it screaming into the ground. Mm-hmm. And on this EDF, it wasn't happening. So he'd be pushing, pushing, pushing. And he's like, Hey, nothing's happening. I'm like, no, you, you got to push, buddy. you, you got to really push that thing. It'll, it'll, it, once it'll start, you know, it'll start coming down. Yeah. So it was just one of those things, him recalibrating his thumb, just getting used to, you know, with the gust, the wind come up and all of a sudden, you know, he's on a good glide slope, the wind would come up and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he would lose his airspeed and the plane, you know, was starting to stall type of thing. It's just those little things that he was trying to get used to. Now, once again, the, the gyro worked perfectly. If you got it on this, if you got it, you know, on the center line, pretty much all, you didn't have to do anything. You just managed the throttle and it, you could let go of the sticks and it would just come in by itself. And it was one of those things after I go, Hey man, less is more. Don't, you know, stop trying to overcorrect for things. Just the field's pretty wide. So as long as you're between the two, <laughs> yeah, the as, long, as long as you're in the, in the grass, <laughs> even if you're not, the field's not going to yeah. hurt you. Right. It's just gonna land yeah. It. Right. You know, just, just let the, just let the gyro do its business. You, right. you don't have to overcorrect or try to flare or do nothing. Just let it's the gyro like, do it's it. It's like Mike's fundraiser. Your fundraiser. Yeah. 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 So, so once he, once he finally, what's the word trusted that the gyro was not going to, you know, pile up his plane. Right. And he, you know, like I said, it was kind of funny watching him cause he's, as he was controlling the sticks, he finally got it, you know, perfectly lined up. And then I saw him like he was fighting himself not to touch it, <laughs> you know, and he just let, he just took his hands off and he was just, you know, just right there. He's like trying to, Oh, oh got blown a little bit. Oh, 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 the gyro took, you know, pff, nice landing. He made, you know, I was like, great man i saw i saw you fighting you wanted to touch he's like yeah <laughs> that was hard not to touch things i'm just we, like, yeah. we actually had the same conversation out in the field uh because i actually got to go out and 
you know, fly turbines with the guys. But um, one one of the airplanes went by. There was a guy that was um, fly, flying one of the bigger ones, and uh, he went by, and the airplane was you know kind of waggling. And we were talking about that, and uh, and how people, you know, they were. He, the the first thing that came out of his mouth, the first thing that came out of the guys that were I was sitting around, right? So we were all kind of sitting in a group, and the first thing that someone said is, "Oh yeah, the gyro must be messed up," because that's what everybody thought, right? The airplane comes by and it's a little higher and it's wagging, and I looked at him and I go, "Well, the gyro may be doing its job, right? Right. If if the wind is coming up well, and you know the gyro up there, there yeah. yeah, if it's a little gusty or he's cruising along and he's going through some turbulence." then the gyro is actually doing exactly what it's supposed to be. And I think a lot of people will see their airplane do something and they'll try to overcorrect rather than just let it do what it, you know, what it's supposed to do. The gyro is there to keep the airplane, you know, if one wing goes down, then the gyro corrects and brings the wing back up or pitches or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think people will, if, if it starts to roll, they immediately think, Oh, criminy you know i gotta i gotta correct for that and they try to go the other direction and then it just kind of gets that wobbliness you know more so than what they if they would just let it kind of do its thing and that is very difficult uh to get i think your head wrapped around and one of the things for me that came naturally with you know flying real airplanes is that if you hit turbulence you don't you know, you don't overcorrect. You just put a little input in to kind of dampen it and it'll actually, you know, go one way and then come right back. So I, I kind of let my airplanes do the same thing, you know, the, the RC planes and, and they kind of, I don't know, it's kind of flying the gyro. It's you're letting the gyro kind of do what the gyro is designed to do. Right. Right. And, and it was set, and it was set up. Okay. It just needed some fine minor tweaking in my opinion, but I, kind of well, counter back your to opinion, my, I set it up and I didn't think it needed any tweaking. Well, so what do you, uh, well, maybe, well, I don't know. So, uh, in my mini ultra stick, I have the same gyro in my mini ultra stick. And once again, for me, it didn't seem like the gyro was doing anything. And sure enough, it just needed, I needed to turn the gain up on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then it started work, it started behaving, but, uh, you know, that's another story. Like I said, I, I stopped flying it just because the motor was, you know, it was straining too much. So now did he, you, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting about this, that, uh, you know, flying a smaller EDF, you need to keep it closer to the field. And you said you were, yeah, especially this one, you know, so if there's a big difference between, you know, my 80 millimeter, um, you know, L 39 and then this, you know, hand thrown park flyer, you know, 50, 55, 60 millimeter, uh, in, in the, in the sense of how high you fly it and, or how far out you fly it. And so once again, you know, Jim being a creature of habit, he flew the plane just like he flies all the other, his other bigger airplanes, 40 plus, you know, airplane airplanes, you know, in the pattern, how far he flies it out. Right. And I had mentioned to him a couple of times, I was like, Hey Jim, don't, that, that plane's getting out there. And he would, and like you said, it, it wasn't a super, the plane's like really bright. It's uh yellow and blue, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's really, Navy. it's really, it, it really kind of pops. This is but it was strangely a... familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was a really, really gray day. It was, a, like I said, it was overcast. It was gray. Um, and, you know, on those days, your plane, no matter how wonderful it's painted, turn black or gray, you know, once you get it up so high or so far out. And so sure enough, um, 
you know, if even if they're not painted. Out. Yeah, it's like they're not painted. Or they're not painted, and, and you're flying. And he, oh, and he got it out a little ways, and I said to him, "I go, hey Jim, that's getting a little bit far out." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back around." And I don't know if it's the wind or what it was, but the plane kept flying further out. And then he was like, you know, made some grumblings and then the plane was getting slow because before he was in a pattern to land. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the plane, you know, it's out there, you know, uh, he's out there by the llamas. He's by that llama field. Oh, wow. Way and, I, and I was like, hey, you know, you need to bring that plane back. And then he's like, well, I, I he goes, I don't know what it's doing. The plane was slow and, you know. The wind was blowing. The next thing I know, I took over control. But by that time, the plane was already pointed down. And it picked the first cedar tree it saw and headed straight right. for it. And, uh, luckily There's I safety the, there. I'll land there. <laughs> that, right. That looks plenty soft. I'm getting the way off. Cedar's a softwood. Cedar's a softwood. It should be fine. It is a softwood. It's got branches. That's right. Um, yeah. So I, I, once again, I didn't go full throttle and try to get out of it. I just cut the throttle and and got the wings level and hoped that the gyro would just kind of do its you know, job. Do its job. And um, yeah, it landed smack dab on the top of the top of it. And basically it just broke when we finally walked over to it. It didn't puke its guts out. It didn't do any of those type of things. It just broke the wingtips off. So really a five minute repair job, um, you know, to repair it, but uh, the plane will fly again. It just was a, a good lesson on not letting the plane get away from you. You know, but you did interrupt yeah. the llama meeting, so there's going to be some union stuff to talk about later. <laughs> yeah, the llamas were – they're going to be upset a little bit about it. The llamas are going to be upset. I was, But I had – but luckily, I did have my llama spit shield. So I oh, there you go. Llamas. Good for you. That's right. You know, the, them and the alpacas, they get together. It's, it's a brutal crowd. You know, you don't want to be in that. <laughs> it's a rough crowd tonight, folks. <laughs> the llamas are out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like from what you and I discussed that he had a great time and it was, he did. It still was, it still was a really good day. I mean, that was disappointing. And of course we had to walk all the way across the field through the weeds. You know, that's, that's never fun, but uh, we got back to the plane. It was, it it was a minor crash um, and the plane will fly again. So that's not, it didn't go home in a garbage bag. Um, and so after that, uh, what did we fly next? I think, I think I told him to get out the Phoenix 2000. So we got the Phoenix 2000 out, put back together, got that up, you know, figured out the CG for that, got it up again and just, you know, sorted around and, uh, didn't really catch a lot of thermals, but still, I mean, we still flew for half an hour of just farting around. I mean, we weren't catching great thermals or anything. And once again, kind of a mind shift from going from EDFs to, you know, to a glider, totally different type of flying. In fact, I, I, when Jim first took it up and he was kind of flying it around, I I go, are you having problems, Jim? What's up? And he's like, "Uh, what do you mean? And I'm like, I go, I reach over and I go, it's a glider, dude. And I reached over and I turned the throttle off. He goes, (laughs) he kind of looks at me. He's like, what'd you do that for? And I go, cause it's a glider. (laughs) You fly it up, you let it glide around. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. So that was kind of funny, but, uh, no, that, the, you know, that did okay. Um, once again, um, I love gliders. They're, they're yeah. truly spectacular once you get, once you start getting it right. But, uh, yeah, like I said, no big boomers that day. It was, it, it was just a, maybe a constant lift to a certain altitude. So you could just maintain that altitude and just pretty much fly all over the field and it would just stay up. So like I said, we got to about a half an hour and then we stopped. 
So uh, that was nice. And then Jim, for the piece de la resistance, uh, Jim got out the, plo- the profile plane that he had. Um, and I was really looking forward to uh, flying that or checking that out. Um, so this is pretty funny. So Jim told me like two or three days prior, you know, when he was like, hey, do you want to go flying, you know, on that day? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he told me what he was thinking about bringing out. And he said, well, I'm going to bring this profile plane out. And I was like, well, when was the last time you flew it? And he's like, oh, I don't know, eight years, a decade ago. Uh, and I go, well, before you bring it out, start the motor. <laughs> right. Start that engine before you bring it out so that we're not, you know, messing with it when you come out. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so sure enough, I should, you know, when you brought it out, I, I look at him and go, did you start it this weekend? He goes, yep. Started it, started fine, got no problem. I, you know, I ran, you know, I ran some fuel through it, starts fine, da-da-da-da-da, no problem. And I'm like, great. So um, we, we get it out there, uh, get it all prepped, hook up all the, you know, the doodads that go on to, uh, you know, actual motors or engines, I should yeah, say, not motors, is that, engines. Is that, a, is that really the name of those things? The, the technical things, yes. They well, they're motors. actually doodads, but we go with dudes, it's easier to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just exactly. depends on where you're from. So, once again, now here's the big shift for me, right? Electric guy, pretty much 100% of the time for yep. doing RC stuff. Observing a guy who, for the, just until recently, just got into electrics, you know, Jim going to electrics, who had been, you know, engines, mm-hmm. nitro, gas, you know, the whole, his 20, 30 years of doing this. Right. And so he's, you know, kind of walking me through everything and he's talking about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm just Mr. You know, gopher. I'm just kind of holding the plane. That was my whole job, right? I'm not qualified to do anything else. And once again, having a job in safety, dude, just being around those things made me nervous. Really? Because, you know, well, yeah. This is the right? same guy who's cut his finger twice. Different finger. Well, I, I can well, understand that that would make him nervous. I'm not saying that Jim was unsafe. He wasn't. It, it made it made me nervous, me because I'm thinking the worst. He, like I said, he was perfectly perfectly safe. He did, you know, he did everything fine. It's just like he was reaching in, you know, to adjust the, the throttle. I mean, not the throttle, but the uh, the uh, uh, mixture, his high, idle, his mixture, yeah. his mixture and idle rate. Right. So he goes in for the needle and he's moving it, and I'm just like, yeah, wah, you know, because this thing, <laughs> and I'm like, my gosh, I, you know, from my angle, I can't see, you know, I can barely see the rotor of that, of the propeller. Right. And I just see him reaching in there, you know, cause you know, Jim's not a small guy either. I mean, you know, yeah, he's so he's, he doesn't like, he have, he doesn't have like dainty hands. So I'm just like watching him put his meat hooks near that, <laughs> near that motor. And I'm just like, Oh man, don't sneeze. Cause I'm holding the plane. I'm like, don't sneeze, Jay. Don't sneeze. Right. Cause I'm just uh, thinking okay. I sneeze, move the plane, you know, and we're calling him lefty. I, I, that's all I could think. You know, those were the things that were going through my head. Well, or he's lucky one or, of the two, right? Yeah, yeah. lucky, right? Lucky you got so, so I'm just, it just, it just made me a little nervous, you know, when he was sure. doing everything just because, you know, all I could think of was the worst thing, right? So, uh, you know, from looking at neck straps to, uh, you know, shirts and, you know, whatever else could get caught. That's all I was imagining things falling in there while he's, you know, he's standing over the thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this, man, this just raised my blood pressure level up a bit just because it's so different because you know it's not like you just start the motor cut it off start the motor cut it off make some adjust you know because then there was the whole ritual of we had to hold it up well you know to test the if if the idle was good when the when it was held up in the air and all this kind of stuff and and unfortunately that's when we did have a problem well well i should back up 
we had a problem to begin with. You know, like I said, Jim came and he's like, yeah, man, I started the motor. The motor's going to start up. No problem. Blah, 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 blah. He got out the doodads, hooking them all up. He grabs the, his electric starter. I guess, I guess it's called electric starter. That, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You just put it on the, so he hooks it up to the battery and then puts it on and starts it. So he goes and puts that on and, and it goes, whir, 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 whir. <laughs> I go, that ain't gonna, there's your problem. That ain't gonna, that ain't, battery, that ain't gonna yeah. work. Yeah. So the battery, and he goes, oh, I just, I charged that battery. I don't understand that it's not working. I'm like, oh, well, he goes, oh, don't worry about it. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll get some, I have my chicken stick or whatever. So he gets his, his uh, engine beater and he goes <laughs> over and gets, and he starts beating the heck out of it. Like the Odin morning, you know, whack, yeah, whack, yeah. whack. And, uh, but so the motor's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm not doing anything. You beat me like that. I'm not a mule. So, um, I go to Jim, I go, well, dude, I'll just get my car and bring it over here. And he's like, you know, I have a little Ford Fiesta and he's like, he's like, yeah, no, the, uh, the leads from the motor starter won't reach to your battery to, to this thing. And I go, yeah, yeah, I know that. And I go and grab my, uh, jumper cables, hooked them up, laid them out in the ground, you know, right next to the plane. And then he was able to, you know, attach his little things to oh, it. Oh, that's smart. And we were able to, we were able to start it that way. So anyway, after that little crisis was over, we get on the motor, starts right up, you know, and uh, so he's there messing with the idle and whatever else. And th- now that, once again, to me, it looks like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like watching the witch doctor, you know, and he's trying to fix a common cold and he's like shaking the bones and throwing them down, you know, because he's there, you know, he's he's turning the needle this yeah. way that way. I, then he's like telling me to pull the plane up, and I'm holding. He's mixing. He's He's wicking it, and I'm just kind of looking at him like, what are we, you know, what's happening? You know, what are we doing? Uh, is that better? Is that good? And he's like, okay, looks good. Do you have and a I chicken put, in the car? Or? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I put it on the ground, and um, he's like, okay, it's good. Release. You know, and I release. And it takes off across the field, and boom, he takes off and puts it into a climb, and he starts climbing, and he, you know, puts it into a 90-degree climb, starts climbing up. And it gets up, you know, about two mistakes high above the trees. And I go, wow, that muffler works really good. Yeah. You know, so now it's just, it's up there. Anyway, you get up to a certain altitude, man. It goes really quiet. You can barely hear it. Gets it. Really, you can barely hear it. And then it's just, like, next thing I know, it just kind of tumbles over, you know. And I'm like, dead stick, you know. And, and uh, then, you know, that's when the uh, excitement began yeah um, that's all that's gonna be a downwind landing too right it was yeah it was uh it was a little iffy uh but jim was able to pull it out uh Yay. He, <laughs> so it was kind of like it, it took off across the field went up to the 90 died came back down came back towards us <laughs> and then jim, you know and then jim kind of veered it off from us uh it goes across the field and it's it's landing, you know, outside the the cut zone. Right. But there's a there's a tree. You know, you know where the tree oh, and no. the uh, and the um, where the flagpole is. A little pic. No, there's a little picnic table. Yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's on the left hand side of that picnic table where you know that you know that tree. By the windsock. Yeah. 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 So it's landing. Sock. It's landing over. Yeah. So it's landing over there, and uh, it comes down. It lands. It kind of hops over something. You know, because I you know because it bounced. And I'm like, what was that a rock, you know, or whatever? And so I walk over, and uh, and it also caught it. Had there was a uh, uh, an arrestor hook tree, little bush that was out there that made it a carrier landing. 
pink, you know, yeah. went from, you know, 50 to one, you know, to zero pink, just like that. So I go over and I'm like, Ooh, you know, I wonder what the leading edge looks like. Uh, plane's perfectly fine. It just, it just worked. You know, the, the, the God, the RC gods were smiling upon us. Good. There, there was a, you know, not that there's a lot of huge rocks that are out there, but there was a little bold, a little rock. Um, uh, I don't know about 12, 16 inches for sitting out there that was off to the side that he came, he, when he landed, he, you know, couldn't see it from where we were, but when he hit the first time it bounced and it bounced right, right between the, uh, landing gear, the, the, the triangle of the landing gear went right over the top of the rock, you know, so it missed ripping the gear off, went wow. over that little rock, hit, hit the ground and then it hit the bush. That's the kind of thing you really it. wish you had a mini camera on that going. Right. That's yeah. an awesome yeah. landing. So, so I was just like, ooh, he just missed that bolt. You know, when I walked over, I go, ooh, that's a big rock. You know, I, I, that's a lot bigger than I thought. That would have yeah. definitely ripped the gear off. And then, you know, then I was like, ooh, that bush must have ripped, you know, messed up the leading edge. Perfectly fine. You know, took out, didn't even break the prop or anything. So just, you know, blew off, blew off a few of the, uh, the leaves off of it, took it back over. And then we just, for the next, I don't know, half an hour, the, pl- the, the motor would start, the, it's not a motor, it, the engine would start up every single time, not a problem. It would always start. The problem was getting that, that high idle, mm-hmm. we just couldn't get it. Uh, Jim thought he had it. We went to take off the second time, and then he could, it, the plane wouldn't produce, it was like it was flooded or something. Not flooded, it was rich that it couldn't get the full power to take off. And right. basically we ran off the run, the runway type of thing. Um, or that, you know, we, we would have it too lean. And the minute we, we, I held it up, it would, the motor would cut out. So we were just chasing this thing all around and it just wasn't working. So I just, you know, Jim's like, yeah, man, I, you know, and I was like, well, it's been sitting for eight, eight years to a decade. So, you know, maybe it's just got a whole bunch of varnish buildup in the carburetor or something like that. And it just needs to be cleaned out. Yeah. So then Jim's like, yeah, I probably need to take it apart, do whatever, whatever. And I go, Hey man, if, 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 you know, I said, Hey, I've been working on this, this little project of mine, this mower. Cause I killed my last mower out of the field. Right. Um, due to my negligence, but, uh, I went ahead and off of Craigslist, got a new motor and got it up, you know, put it together. But, uh, the guy put too much oil in it. And when I, was checking out the spark plug. I think I sent you a picture of it. You know, it, it was, did. It was nasty and, looking. It looked it like gobbed and goo. And then I, I, I go, yeah, I cleaned this in my ultrasonic cleaner. I got, you know, the spark plug clean. And then I figured out there was too much oil in it and I fixed it. I go, well, Hey man, why don't you give me that motor? I'll throw up my ultrasonic cleaner. I'll probably, you know, let's, let's try to clean it up. And then, you know, cause he was talking about, ah, I got a, I got a Sato something, something bigger motors stick on there. I'll just put something. I'll stop sticking with this thing. I'll get something bigger on there. And I go, well, let me, you know, let me try to clean it. And that's what I did. I took it home. I, I just, uh, you know, took it basically apart. I didn't, you know, take it down to the bare bones, uh, but, uh, threw up my ultra ultrasonic cleaner, cleaned it for about an hour and the results are pretty nice, man. So, um, now I don't know how it works as of this recording, I haven't had a chance to take it back to Jim so he could start, so we could, you know, put it on something and try to start it up again. But, uh, it sure does look hundred percent better than what it did. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that the carburetor is going to, you know, uh, so even though it won't work, it will look really good doing it. That's true. It it looks great here. Yeah. You know what they say, Mike, if you can't run it, Chrome it, right? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Make it look good. So here, so here it is right here. Oh, yeah. nice and shiny. Oh, it is looking nice. Ooh, yeah. nice. Did you do the muffler and everything too? Yeah, did everything. Oh, if it doesn't it? run, I think you should take a hammer to it. That's what. Well, yeah. That... It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. the muffler. I did everything. So were you able? Did you take the needles out? Because if you didn't, then you're really not going to clean the places. I took. That are gonna... I just. The, well, I, no, I only took the the main. There's only one needle, and that's the main jet guy. So I, I went ahead and took the main jet one out. Okay. Uh, took it out all the way, and then you know I took the carburetor off of the the body from Uh-oh. this. Yeah. Did you take the muffler off the body too, or no? Yes, I sure did. Oh, so you kind of stripped it down a little bit, at least enough. Yeah. Well, I what I tried to do was I wanted to uh, take the head off, mm. so that to get the the carbon off the piston. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I, I can only get. I think there's eight screws up there. I could get six off, and then two of them were like stripping or starting to strip. Oh yeah. So I, I didn't. I didn't know if Jim had a replacement um, screws for that or what, so I, I didn't go too crazy with it, so I left them on. Yeah, you know, you can get the carbon off, but sometimes it actually seats in that way, and it, you know, it it burns okay. It's not like it has to be totally clean for it to, you know. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to take the head off to get it exposed. You know, I wasn't going to take the piston, you know, totally take the piston out. I was just going to re- just get the head clean and then the top of the... Uh, what do you call that? The uh, the piston? piston wall. Well, not the piston itself, though. Oh, the, the cylinder opposite, wall. The so, head, the cylinder head. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, get the carbon off of that mm-hmm. and then put it back together. That's all. That's all I was gonna do. But I, like I said, I I got to those two screws and I didn't want to just strip pull them. them out or get them out. I could. I have. I have a um, a screw uh, four millimeters. Uh, I I have a three millimeter screw thing to get it out. But I didn't know if he he had replacement screws you know to put right. it back in so i didn't want to you know yeah totally. somebody else you don't want to screw it up you're doing something nice for exactly so uh yeah so anyway um it looks wise it definitely you know uh, i think i have a picture somewhere I, I took a picture of the uh the water after i uh uh cleaned that particular one i i basically put them into three little baggies and threw them in my uh ultrasonic cleaner so once again yeah i usually drink that stuff you know it's good for your uh <laughs> that's right. Digestive better than pr- better than prune produce, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted. To, I it's wanted my to cleanse. I use it as my cleanse. <laughs> yeah, you have a cleanse for a week. Bathtub, you just sit. Yeah, there. it's good. It's yeah. the soap and all the minerals. It kind of yeah. you know cleans things out and it, yeah, it'll it'll clean you out for sure. have hot tubs. Mike has an ultrasonic cleaner tub. So hey, I just wanted to ask our listeners if anybody else has an ultrasonic cleaner and what they use what they use their ultrasonic cleaners for because for mine. Like I said, I've been finding all sorts of uses for it. And I, like I said, I've been cleaning. I've cleaned spark plugs for uh, AK Mike when he came down, and oh, okay. I've been cleaning up, you know, different parts around my my little house as things break. I, I've been throwing them in the ultrasonic cleaner, and you know, and I love mine. So I, it, to me, it's been a great investment. Um, so I, yeah, I it really is. I mean, I use mine. I, you know, obviously not right this second, but. I, uh, I've used mine for many things, everything from RC parts to gun parts to household parts to, you know, whatever, whatever seems to come along, motorcycle parts, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, you just got to be careful because you got to use the right type of cleaner. And I know you do things to, I actually put mine in the liquid in there. I know you use a bag, but, um, you know, I, I have, seen guys that will clean stuff with a certain chemical and it, it 
reacts <laughs> with the metal and the results are not quite what you want. So, right, right. you know, you got, you got to be very careful if you're using brass, you need to use one cleaner. If you're using, uh, you know, steel, right, you, you don't want to have like ammonia with the brat with the brass. Cause it'll definitely right. you know, turn that stuff black, right. you know, junk like that. No, no, no. I, uh, for me, I've been using, um, believe it or not, uh, from the dollar store. Awesome. What's it? Yeah. Simply awesome. It's mm-hmm. this yellow cleaning uh, liquid and also... Uh, it's the same grain. stuff as Mr. Clean, right? I mean, I think that's the same. No, no I don't think so. I thought it was Simply that. Green or something like simply that. Simply Green. Well, simple oh, green. Simple I use Green, yes. Yeah, simple, simple, green. Green. simple Green. And, you know, between the yeah. two, I use... You know, one's more of a degreaser as this other one's a cleaner. But, uh, yeah, yeah so I've been having great results with it. A lot it. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I use the baggies. That's the, Once again, I read a thing where, you know, guys would clean stuff. And just dump it in their their ultrasonic cleaner, and then they're done with it, right? And they drain it all off. But now they, you know, you have all the gunk is all inside your your ultrasonic cleaner that you have to clean out. And I found that if you just get regular uh, uh, the little freezer bags, yeah, 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 me, you get a freezer bag, and then uh, you fill your cleaning liquid in it, and then just fill regular water in your ultrasonic cleaner, that the ultrasonics goes right through. The bags, or uh, also heard if you use like mason jars, it goes right through the ultrasonics, goes right through the glass. Hmm. So, uh, Interesting. It, it, it works great. So, if I have small parts, you know, and I, you know, I don't need a whole like a ton of liquid in there, I just pour a little bit of water in there or the cleaning stuff, the small parts or screws, throw that in there, let it float around in there, cleans it up, no problem. The other part that I like about doing the baggies is just like you were saying. You don't want to use the wrong liquid. Well, I can use three, four, how many bags I have. I can use the specific liquid to clean that stuff in each oh, one of those. That's right. That's a good and idea. And put them in at the same time. Right. And there's right. no problems with that. You're not mixing the chemicals. Exactly. So the, one of the other things I discovered as well, after doing some research and, and trying it out myself, like some guys like to use uh, gasoline or turpentine. And once again, filling up the actual ultrasonic machine with that, not exactly the best idea. But if you fill it full of water, put the turpentine, put the gas in in the bag, as long as it doesn't melt the bag, and you throw that in the water, well, now you don't have to worry about it igniting, getting too hot, getting too, or, you know, the fumes, all that kind of stuff, because it's now it's sitting in water. So it's pretty safe and, you know, it's not going to mess up your machine or anything. So I, I definitely like that idea. Interesting. Well, if you have an ultrasonic cleaner, uh, give us a call at 830-444-4943. Let us know what you're doing with it. Or you can reach out to us via email, parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. Or go to our Facebook listeners page. Uh, It's the Park Flyer Podcast listeners group. So any of those will uh, get in touch with us and uh, let us know how you use your ultrasonic cleaner for RC stuff. Um, having said that, uh, I got to actually go out to the field. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I flew with, uh, some of the guys and, uh, Barry, one of our guys, he, um, he just showed up with a bunch of 3d printed pods for his F-16 turbine. And let me tell you, these things are pretty impressive. I, I have just, you know, I mean that whole 3d printer thing you and Mike were doing and I, you know, I know Doug was doing his 3d print work, but now that I've seen some of this stuff that can actually go on your airplane and what Barry has picked up, these are pretty realistic. And so Barry has a, I call it's not a tarps pod. It's something else. It's a harm pod. And, right. uh, and so it's kind of funky looking. It looks like something out of, uh, you know, out of star Wars. Cause it's a big, long tube 
And then it's got these weird looking funky arms that come out and one of them goes backwards and one of them goes forward and uh, it attaches and, you know, it, it reads radar from all over and does this whole thing. Well, he wanted to weather it. So he painted it. Uh, and then the color that he painted it was too light. So he darkened up the paint and painted it again. And so now it matches the color, you know, it kind of matches that gray tone that he wanted. Well, he took some turpentine or some sort of a chemical and uh, and added some oil to it because he was going to put oil slicks down the side of this thing. And as he did, it took the paint off. <laughs> so now, now he's rubbing this oil mixture on there and it's stripping the paint underneath. And so now it's like got paint strip from the darker color to the lighter color. And it's got oil streaks on both. And it was an accident, I think, for him. But, but it looks great. It looked <laughs> fantastic, man. It looked like it had been beat up in the weather, and it. Just I thought for like, sure you were going to tell me that uh, whatever he used melted it. Like he yeah, just bought you know, these brand new things. Right, I would have thought that too because he did buy them, and they were not, you know, they they weren't cheap, but uh, they were fairly expensive for what you know what you get because it's. You know the product is cheap, but the labor and the and the time to design it. You know people want want compensation for their time, and I don't blame them. But uh, but I was very impressed. And with that particular technique, he was like, "Yeah, man, when it worked out, I just did it to a couple of other ones." So he's got some missiles and stuff. And then he actually went and bought a laser printer, and uh, he's doing these decals. So now he's doing like water slide decals and putting all the decals on them, and uh, they look really really good. So. I was pretty happy with it, and uh, I was pretty amazed at the, you know, just how realistic these things look and the detail, the level of detail that they can get. And now that he's kind of weathered them and painted them and put all the stickers on them, they look pretty realistic. So I am pretty impressed, which just leads me to believe when I finally get my shop up and running that, you know, I don't know. I, I might have to. I might have. Yeah, to maybe you have to get the 3D printer up. You never know. I mean, no. I don't know. <laughs> What oh, I what no. I really need to do is get Jay to design, you know, Jay on <laughs> designing this stuff for me, and then I'll be able, I'll be much. You just print it at your house. All right, he can just print it at his house, and I'll pick it up next time I go down. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> I had to say, uh, I remember my first conversation with Jay about three D printers, and I I kind of poo pooed it. Like it was like, uh, it's yeah. a lot of technology. There's a long, you know, it's a long run up. The learning curve. He didn't kind of. There was no kind of in that. No. <laughs> you poo pooed the idea. <laughs> but but that was early on, and I had to, and I think I was right early on. But then you know over time, uh, like I'll have to tell you the difference between putting together the 3D printer that I got for Christmas, the the Delta printer, and then the one I bought later, which was the Ender three um, V two. The amount of time I put into it to put it together and the amount of effort I had to do to manage the second printer was like minuscule yeah. compared to what right. I had to. Right. But, but I did already have the uh, the whole build process already, right? So I didn't need to figure out any of the between pieces. I just need to have my printer working like a printer um, right. and just connect it and then print. And so, and and I and I actually learned a bunch of stuff helping Jay set up his stuff. And so I didn't learn it on my stuff; I learned it on his stuff. And uh, which which is what Jay likes to do to me normally. He likes to learn right. on my stuff, and then right. he, he builds his. So it was a reversal. Yeah, I, pay, reversal it, I pay it forward. <laughs> and uh, I, I, so the other day, I needed this little tool. I needed a little end to a 
screwdriver and it couldn't be too long and it couldn't be too short. And it was like, it had, it only could be so, I was like, how in the world am I going to, I know I'll just 3d print something. And I was able to go online and find something that worked pretty much uh, what I needed. I had to edit it a little bit, but you know, and I showed my, my instructor for, it was for my paramotor to adjust the low, the low idle. I showed to my paramotor, my instructor and I, and he goes, dude, can you print me like five of those? I was like, sure, no problem. And, and I said, you know, charge, charge your best friends $20, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, but anyway, just, I don't know, just that stuff's kind of cool to me. It, it's not like a super duper tool or anything, but I could actually print a screwdriver if I needed it. Right. To be yeah. able to carry it with me on my paramotor, right. As a, as a backup tool set. Cause it doesn't need to be and like it, it crank it down like kind of screwdriver, right. It just needs to be able to turn screws, you know, for, to right. some level. So. Well, I, I'm impressed too, you know, the more of the 3D world comes around and Jay's been sending me stupid videos of concrete 3D printers, which is just, I don't know why he's sending me those. Like he thinks I'm going to get a concrete printer. Well, because you're, are aren't you making a house? Yeah, I'm I building mean, a house. He, but, he yeah. thought you'd go buy one and build it. I mean, I guess. That's, you would have saved a ton considering, yeah, considering what it would cost right now. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Wood it costs as much as his house, but the house would have been free. The house would have been free. <laughs> anyway, long story short, I've been just watching this stuff, and and the amazing part to me is this whole uh, crowdsource thing, right? I mean, it's very amazing when you have hundreds of thousands of people who contribute, you know, to these. Uh, where's the place that you go, Jay, uh, to get all your stuff? Thingiverse. Yeah, Thingiverse. You know, I mean, I, Jay sent me there because I was looking for something. And he's like, oh, go to Thingiverse. And I just was overwhelmed with how many people, you know, just that you put something together and they go, oh, look, here it is. And they put it out there. And you're just like, wow. You know, it, it totally opens up. I mean, you, you know, you think about it in the very first days of 3D printing, you had to design all that on your own. But now, you know, for me, if I wind up, you know, this fall getting one for Christmas or whatever, all of a sudden, you know, I don't have to take the time to learn how to design. I can just go on Thingiverse and say, oh, this is what I need. Make a couple of tweaks. Boom. It's ready to go. So like you said, it definitely, you know, uh, sets it up for more for success rather than failure. Because I, I did when those things first came out, you know, Jay has been talking about it since the very first one. And it just was a big learning curve. Someday yeah. soon I'm going to design a, a frame for that X19. So I can do that thing without, without the problems that I had with just doing with just foam. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, someday I'll put that together and I'll have something to work with. Well, the good news is I think uh, on one of these upcoming episodes uh, later in the fall, Jay's going to have a whole new project that's coming in. I have, I have nothing but projects. Have you seen my room? Yeah, no, I know, but we have, we have a whole another one, I think, that you've been collecting parts to. So uh, that's, that's on the horizon at some point. So we're looking forward to that. So, um, and then uh, let's see, man, our hour is up already. We've got to yes, it is. wrap this up, but uh, um, wow. Well, summer's here, man. So that's, that's a fact. Here. Matter of fact, the it's getting warm here as well. So, and I think uh, there's more uh, this, because of this situation with uh this pandemic is slowly, hopefully winding down and a lot of places are now allowing gatherings and, you know, places to go. Uh, I know that 
you know, some of the events that have been canceled in the past are now being, um, you know, re- brought brought back and people are able to attend. Um, real quick, all my, plane, I, all my planes have been vaccinated, so they're good. They've had the news. Two- uh, I, I actually kept all mine quarantined for the whole time, so I don't think they got it either. So it was that was probably smarter. Good. I spent a little money doing that. Medically so sealed <laughs> in a bunker. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, there's uh man, there's all this kinds of stuff I had written down that we never even really got to because we're talking about flying, but that's what this thing is all about is just going out to the field and having fun. And it's always good to hear that Jim is getting out there. Uh, and we got, uh, I think he got some new stuff too. Our, uh, one of our listeners, um, Scott, he's, He's that's right. Got a, I got a I got a radio a radio two review and uh, a new helicopter two review as well. So we'll probably be doing that uh, next podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate Scott's uh, contribution. He's always uh, willing to help us out, and uh, it's kind of take it upon himself to you know get us some some new equipment to to review. And it's not ours. He he bought it, and then you know we kind of get to play with it a little bit and give it back to him. But uh, it's always kind of convenient for him to do stuff like that. So Does Jay have to give it to him back to him in one piece? Uh, I would hope so. Oh. Know, hopefully, hopefully. I would think that that, right. that, that would not be good. I don't idea. know, Scott. I don't know why you did that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we do appreciate him, and uh, and we appreciate Jim as well, and we appreciate all our listeners. Um, you know, I don't know if we say that enough, but uh, we uh, would love to hear from you. Once again, 830-444-4943. Uh, we do get calls, and uh, we do try to respond. And uh, email, once again, parkfirepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, help us out and uh, tell your friends uh, in the RC world that we're still here and still cranking these out. We're Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's true. we got a YouTube channel, and uh, we've been trying to figure out the video. We signed up for a new, uh, uh, a new service, and uh, we're trying to figure it out. So bear with us while we get that all taken care of because most of the time if you're all in one location it works a lot easier you have one screen but we're in three different locations and so we have to kind of piece it together and i wasn't able to to be as diligent as jay is so uh, he's been helping us out with that part of it so uh let's see man that's it for uh, this week i guess uh, reach out to our sponsors uh remember the rcbatteriesusa.com grab yourself a couple of uh, a power batteries and uh, also if you own a 3d printer and want some 3d printed airplanes uh, reach out to 3d aero ventures 3D Aero Ventures. <laughs> nice pause, Mike. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Right, so a little pause to like it. Okay, nothing happened. So, well, we are going to wrap it up for this uh, this week. But uh, if you get out and fly, give us a call. Let us know. And uh, otherwise, post on our Facebook listeners group. And uh, from Michael here in Arizona. And Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. We'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>